What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. There were three bricklayers, and they were working beside each other. And someone comes up to the first man that was laying bricks and asks, what are you doing? And so the man sarcastically says, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm laying bricks. And so he said, this man's not nice. Let me go to the next person. (laughs) Goes to the second person. He said, what are you doing? He said, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm building a wall. He said, this person is not nice. Let me go to the last person. He says, what are you working on? And the last person says, I'm building a cathedral for God. He said, I'm going to park right here. I'm going to talk to this person. I like this person. The difference... In answers is a thing called vision. Thank you so much. The great American author, political activist, and lecturer Helen Keller once stated, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight and no vision. She was the first deaf-blind person to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. The great leadership expert John Maxwell once stated, vision is what leads the leader. The scripture says it like this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, the people perish, the people are unrestrained, there is no accountability, there is no control, there is no focus. When a person does not have vision, a person is lost. Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. Vision is what defines the optimal desired future state, the mental picture. Vision is what you see when you close your eyes. Because believe it or not, with these natural eyes, this is deceiving. (laughs) Because, Because these eyes will just see a seed. But when you look through the eyes of faith and vision, you can see the tree. Vision goes beyond our natural sight, our ability to see with our natural eyes. Vision is what provides guidance. It's what gives inspiration to an organization, a church, an individual, a family. It functions as what they call in leadership the North Star. This is what I keep my eyes on. This is what dictates. This is what leads me. This is what I desire, and that is a thing called vision. I'm so glad that you're here today because this church has vision. I said this church has vision. I'm so glad that you're a part of a church that has vision and the vision of this church, in case you don't know it and you're new here, I want to share the vision. Uh, If you've gone through our growth track process, that is membership in in the rest of the classes, Hope Institute, then you've learned our vision. We've shared on this, but just to refresh us, I want us to throw that vision on the screen and I want you to learn this vision. I want you to know what the vision of the house is. We have a twofold vision in this house. There's an inward meaning in the building, in the house, and then there's an outward vision outside of the walls of the house. So the inward vision of this church, Hope Center, is to develop a a, a healthy and mature community of faith. Our outward vision is to see our city and surrounding areas transformed holistically through Christ. I like the vision of this house. So in the house, what we desire to see, everything we do is to develop you and to mature and to grow healthy a community of faith and outside of the walls of the church is to see this city of Greenbelt and surrounding areas 
transformed holistically through Christ. So we have a vision in this church. That's the what. We have a mission in this church. That's the how. And then each year we have a focus or a theme for the year. So I just shared our vision and, and you all know our mission by heart already. What is our mission, church? Okay, let's do that again because we have guests. So let's act like we got this thing together, right? What is our mission, church? That's so good. I'm so proud of you all. Restore hope, restore community. So we have the vision, that's the what. Then we have the mission, that's the how we do it. And then each year in our church, we have a focus or a theme for the year. So the first year in ministry, it was our year to soar. How many been with us since soar? How many of y'all been with us since soar? All right, some of y'all like, whoo, I don't remember what I ate yesterday, Pastor. I can't remember the, the, the theme of that year, right? And then we had the following year, which, which, which was this just past year, we had the theme of being stronger how many remember the theme being stronger right strong in impact faith and structure now this year I'm excited to share the theme or the focus of this year are you ready for it I said are you ready for it all right give me a drum roll please here is the focus and the and the direction of this year let's go ahead and throw that out the focus and theme is unity like that Say with me, we are better. Say with me, we are better together. Look at the person beside you and tell them we are better together. Let somebody know we are better together. As I was in prayer, as I, as, as I am before any new year, I take a season of personal prayer and fasting and I seek the Lord about the theme, the focus, the direction for each year. And as I was in prayer, the Lord revealed to me and it was clear, if I, if I ever seen anything clearly, it was clear that the direction that we needed to take as a church is a strong emphasis, focus on unity and the fact that we are better together. And as I began to look in the scripture, then it, it, then it was revealed to me that it not only was it a thing that I felt in my spirit, but biblically, uh, in my spirit and prophetically this has strong implications because the number three we are officially three years old praise the Lord that we made it to three years just three years old just three years old and as I look in the scripture I found something very interesting that three is the number of divine unity when you look at scripture you see divine unity in the Godhead Father Son Holy Spirit three in one when you see time space and matter that's the unity of the universe when you see that man is a triune being we are body we are soul and we are spirit that's the unity of a human being when you look at the temple or the sanctuary there was the outer courts the inner courts and the holy of holies that was the unity of the sanctuary or the temple when you see the attributes of God he's omnipresent he is omniscient and he is omnipotent that's the unity of the attributes of God powerful thing that as we are three years old now that the strong emphasis in scripture we see on three is what God is desiring for our church and that is for us to be united and so this year more than ever we are going to grow together we are going to be better together now I want to take a few moments to share on the importance of unity I just have four four points for you and I'm gonna get out the way because I got to share about this fast that we're getting ready to get into and it's gonna be incredible uh, I, have, I have some folks that are gonna join me on this fast right so we y'all know we got to pray before this fast Ooh. 
we got to pray. So we're going to take some time to pray because we start tomorrow. So I want to have time to do that. I want to I want to quickly share with you why unity is important. The first thing, if you're taking notes, I want to share with you that unity benefits God's people. That sounded like it was six. Where my where my 20 at? Let me say it again. Unity benefits God's people. All right. So look at the scripture here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And today's, today's message is very foundational, so bear with me. Uh, I want to really lay some groundwork. I want to lay a foundation for the rest of the series. So today I just really want to take time to teach. I really want to take time to lay, lay the framework for the, for the coming weeks and set the tone for the rest of the year. So the first point is that unity benefits God's people. And first, uh, let's see here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Let's jump back. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. We got that up here. Wonderful. Look at what the scripture says. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you, what does it say? Agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no, what does it say? Are you reading it? And that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Think about this. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church and really all throughout the New Testament, there is this constant theme that the disciples and the apostles were constantly emphasizing and that was unity. If you see in the scripture, there was always this theme of love one another, be there for one another, forgive one another. There's a constant one another. There's a constant together. There's this constant theme of being united. It was a strong emphasis in the early church. The reason being is because he knew that if the church was not united, then the church would not last. Uh, anything that is divided will not conquer, will not prevail, and will not last. But whenever there's somebody, or there's a family, or there's a church, or there's a movement that is united, nothing will be able to stop it. Can you imagine this? If they did not heed the early church, the first century church, over 2,000 years ago, can you imagine if the early church were not united? Think about this for a second. We wouldn't have the scripture as we have it today. We wouldn't be gathering like we are today because the church would not exist. But thank God that our ancestors in the faith were a united group of people. They were, they conquered together. They went through persecution together. They worked effectively together. They advanced the kingdom of God together. And because of them, we're able to have church as we have it now because of their unity. Think about this. That's why there was this hard exhortation. He said, let there be no divisions among you, but be perfectly united. Because when you are united, you will last. You will prevail. You will conquer. You will succeed. Whenever you are united in the context with the people of God and in the church, you will be able to serve God with joy. You will be able to dig in the word of God with gladness. You will be able to get into this fast with happiness because you are united to the vision of the church. You're able to work for the kingdom of God efficiently and effectively. effectively. You're able to worship in freedom when you are united. When unity is in a place, it benefits God's people. The second thing I want to share with you is that on that same note, that unity shares Christ's love to the world. 20. My 20. Okay. Unity 
shares or shines Christ's love into the world. Look at what Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 and 15 declares. It says, bear with one another. Look at the person beside you. Say, Pastor, talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. If any of you has a grievance, a, a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. It got real quiet on that one. I think we went down to about 10 on that one. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect what? In perfect unity. Nothing confuses the world more than a divided people, a divided church. Nothing deters or discourages the world from coming to the Lord and being a part of the kingdom of God than a people that are united. If you look at, if you look at the state of the church, people are still arguing and bickering over my interpretation of the scripture is this. You dress that way and we dress this way. Y'all still arguing about how you dress. And we think about just petty things and minuscule things and things that are not really important and the minors and they place such emphasis that they focus on the differences that they don't embrace the unity that God is calling them to be. And there's nothing that pushes the world away more than a church that is divided. But when a church is united, it reflects the love of Jesus. It reflects the grace of Jesus. It reflects his mercy upon the world. The Bible declares, Jesus told his disciples, by this all men will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples. When you have, when you have discipline, disciples is where we draw the word discipline when you're disciplined in the way that you love one another. When the world sees a united church, that will attract them, that will compel them, that will inspire them, that will move them and say there's something happening in that church. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's what brought you to Hope Center. I can't tell what it is, but those people are loving towards one another. Those people forgive one another right there. I thought I couldn't go in there because the way I dress, the way I look, the things I've done in my past, but there's something in that place called Hope Center. Maybe what it is is called unity. And when there's unity, in the house there the presence in the spirit of the Lord is if we want to reach out to the world and we want to uplift the world then we have to make the difference this world is going crazy y'all wars rumors of wars I know it's been going wild this week Division, hatred among each other, socioeconomic classes clashing with one another, political rhetoric that's dividing the people in the community and the people of God. We have, we have so many divisions and, and the world is going crazy because of it. If we want to be effective in the world, if we want to make a difference in the world, if we want to reach the world, we've got to be united more than ever. Unity will shine Christ's love into a hurting, broken, confused, discouraged, helpless world. How are we going to make a difference when, when the world looks, like, looks at a united church? 
when they see forgiveness in a church when they see love in a church when they see a group or a body of believers uplifting one another not not looking at each other sideways and giving each other the side eye look at them like mm -hmm, look at him worshiping i seen what he was doing on instagram no 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 baby if you see them lifting their hands say praise god that they up in a church lifting their hands with their ratchet self That's the kind of church I want to go to, where we encourage one another, where we stir one another in love, where we stir one another to serve the Lord, where we uplift one another to go forward and progress, to not stay stuck and stay, I feel like, ooh, I feel like preaching in this place, to not stay stuck in the place that you've been. Years, baby, you've been stuck. Years, baby, you've been in the same place, but I came to prophesy to about 20 people that this will be the year that God will lift you up and you will walk in the victory of God. You will walk in the triumph of the Holy Spirit that you will get out of that place of being stuck and you're getting ready to move. Look at the person beside you and tell him move, 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 move. This is your year to move from that place that you've been in. 2020 is my year to get up, to walk in unity, to walk by faith, to not walk by sight this year. I will be united with the people of God. I will be united to the vision of the church. I will be in unity. The third thing, let me move forward, because if y'all mess around, I'm gonna mess around, wanna preach up in this place, and I said I'm gonna teach. I said I was gonna teach. Y'all making me wanna preach now. All right, uh oh, okay, 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 okay. Let me give you this third thing, let me give you this third thing. Unity makes us much more effective. Unity makes us much more effective. Again, we are better together. You can tell when a family is not united. You don't have to spend more than five minutes. You walk in somebody's house and you can see there ain't no unity up in here. <laughs> you can tell when a marriage is not united. I'm talking about y'all not even in the same book, let alone the same page. You can tell when a marriage is not united. You can tell when a church is not united. I go to many places and I'm very observant. I'll come in whether I'm speaking or whether just being a part of a service and I could just look around and I say, they hating on the pastor right there. Oh, I got super quiet because I said that. <laughs> look at this person, they beefing with that person. Look at them, they talk about each other. You just, you don't even need discernment in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that thing, you can see that. I'm talking about lack of unity is visible. And I know you try to fake it till you make it, right? Like you arguing in the car, look, when we go up to that place, you better act like we got it together because such a sister, such and such is going to be there. And you know we got to act like we got it together. Yeah, I got an online church anyways. I, I got, they go... <laughs> They're going to keep it real with me online anyways. So y'all know what I'm talking about. You argue and be like, listen, listen, get it out right now. Because when we go, when we show up there. Okay, only I've been through that. Only I've been through that. Only I've been through that. Okay, okay. But when you are united, the adverse is true also. You can tell when a marriage is united. 
You can tell when a church is united. You can tell when a family is united. See, when, when, when there is lack of unity, can I run down this quick list of mosquitoes? I know at, at Calibrate, our leadership summit, we talked about mosquitoes. Remember mosquitoes? How many of you enjoy mosquitoes? How many? No, come on. There got to be one person that really enjoys a mosquito. I'm talking about when they bite you, don't that feel good? Like the, 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 your, 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 your flesh is swelling up and then you just... Somebody enjoys it. Okay. So there are also emotional and mental mosquitoes and even spiritual mosquitoes that in 2020 we going When you see that thing flying around this church, just kill that mosquito. Look at the person beside you and tell them, just kill the mosquito. Just kill the mosquito. Don't, don't let it linger. You, have, you, ever, you ever try to kill a mosquito and you, you thought you had it and then five minutes later... Listen, when you, when you hear or see these mosquitoes, I'm giving you the authorization in the spirit to kill that mosquito. I'm giving you legal authority. I'm giving you, I'm giving you full permission to kill the mosquitoes because we can't allow the following mosquitoes up in this church and up in our families. Can I run down this quick list of mosquitoes? Uh, uh, whenever there's passive aggressive behavior, that's a mosquito. Whenever there's unresolved conflict and resentment, that's a mosquito. Whenever there's gossip and secret alliances, that's a mosquito. Whenever there's poor communication that produces chronic misunderstanding, that's a mosquito. Whenever there's lack of accountability and failure to meet promises, that's a mosquito. Whenever there's resistance, I'm talking about, I'm talking about just, you, 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 you know those people. They just resist and fight everything. They call them contrarians. Everything is a fight. They're just resistant. That's a mosquito. Whenever you're refusing to be honest, that's a mosquito. You know some mosquitoes are deadly. Some mosquitoes carry viruses in them and bacteria that can kill you. So the reason I'm telling you to kill those mosquitoes is because in this place, there will be life and not death in the spirit. <laughs> Criticizing one another is a mosquito. Having the mindset, I'm never wrong, that's a mosquito. Whenever there's chronic blaming, you blame everyone else except for... That's a mosquito. Jealousy, envy, unhealthy competition. Those are mosquitoes. And this year we've got to kill it. Because here's what the scripture tells us in the book, in both in book Leviticus and Deuteronomy. I'm just referring to it. One can chase a thousand. Two can chase 10,000. In other words, when we kill those mosquitoes, it gives us life to be together and we can chase and conquer and go after more and reach our objectives and reach our goals and we can grab and go after all that God has promised to us. We are better together. The last thing I want to share with you is that unity makes or invites God's power and presence in our lives. Unity invites God's power and presence 
in our lives. Look at Psalm chapter 133. We have that. Let's go there now. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when the brothers dwell in division. Oh, in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes it is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion for there the Lord has commended the blessing life forever more where there is unity the presence of God freely moves in the midst of his people when there is unity, there is liberty in the spirit to lift your hands, to sing and cry out to the Lord, to pray. When there is, when there is unity, there are miracles, signs, and wonders. I know that they don't preach about that anymore, but I still believe. I want to know if I have a church that still believes that God is able to do miracles, signs, wonders, heal, deliver, and set the captives free. I still believe in a God that's able to do the miraculous and if we want to see that church where you at for those that believe it with me if we want to see it then we've got to be united and when we're walking in unity in the spirit we're going to see blind eyes seeing in this place we're going to see people rising from wheelchairs up in this place we're going to see people that have been broken being restored in this place we're going to see people that were headed towards divorce getting you reunited up in this place we're going to see that backslidden daughter that backslidden son that doesn't want to know anything about the Lord. But when we are united, we're going to see that child coming back to Jesus. Is there a church that says, I want to be a part of that unity? Because when we are, my God, I feel the glory of God. When we're united, we invite the power and the presence of God. If you don't believe me, let me prove it. One last scripture, Acts chapter Acts chapter 2, and I'm, and I'm getting ready to close this thing out. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost, this is when the people of God, they were awaiting the promise. Back in John chapter 14, Jesus told his disciples, I have to go, but trust me, don't worry. I, I will not leave you alone. I'm going to send the comfort of the Holy Spirit, my advocate. He will be with you forevermore. He will be with you in my place, in my stead. He will be with you. And here it is. They were awaiting that promise, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord this is not the Honda y'all one accord some of y'all like they had accords back in the day that's not that's not right pastor like that, that scripture's wrong <laughs> you think about your accord they were with one accord in other words unity they were all with one accord in one place. And then when they were united, one mind, one mission, one focus, which was to receive the promise of God, not the food that I left burning on the stove. Not, they weren't up in that upper room thinking about, I need to buy this, or I need to get my kids that, or I need to do this, or I need to do this. They were focused on the one thing that was the presence of God. And when they were in unity, focused on the presence of God, it invited his presence and his power. If we want power and presence in this church, we've got to be united. 
yes, we want to focus on our goals, our objectives. Entrepreneurs, I know that this year your business is getting ready to excel. I know the students, you're getting ready to graduate. I know that I know that 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 some of y'all getting ready to get married and some of y'all getting ready to have kids. Oh, oh we just had we had engagement engagement recently. Uh, praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, this this church is progressing. This church is moving. This church is accomplishing with great strides, and we're going after more in 2020. But here, here, here's what I want. I want. I really want you to focus on this year. As you are going wholeheartedly after what's in your heart, that that dream, that goal, that objective, to not compromise the one thing that you need most, and that is the presence of God. Communion and fellowship and connection with Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Never compromise that. Because when you are united with that point, you invite the power and the presence of God into your life. You know, I'll never forget a story I heard years ago. Uh, it, it was a small town and they were holding, they were holding a race. And it was, it was a tandem bike race for those that are not familiar a tandem bike is a bike that essentially has two bikes in one so it can have two riders on one bike and it was a race there was a cash prize and so these two friends longtime friends enjoyed biking from time to time they signed up because they that 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 cash prize was pretty was pretty uh, generous so they said let's sign up listen it's been years since we we've done some biking but let's go for it so these two individuals began to train and they began to prepare and they began to get, they bought a new tandem bike so that they can be in sync with one another. So for months they were preparing and they would be on that bike during the evenings after work to make sure they were on the same page, that they were aligned, that they were pushing that tandem bike on the same, on the same, on the same rhythm and on the same pace. And they were going and they were going and they felt so confident. In fact, they showed up the day of the race eager expecting they were ready they started looking at the competition they were like hey <laughs> they were looking at each other they give each other some bumps they're like listen man this thing this is over this is over and so they sound off poof, the gun and then they start going and they start and, and they start off with great with great expectation with eagerness with energy they start off with a great rhythm and they're going and they're going but not too long after they they begun the race that they, they started slowing down they were leading the race in the beginning but all of a sudden they noticed that everybody was passing them by and the one brother that was leading the bike was sweating i'm talking about he was pushing that thing and he was telling his buddy you need to push with me we got to keep going we got to keep going and he's sweating profusely and he's ready to just throw up and, he, and he's ready to give up and he's ready to just throw the bike. But he, there's something in him that's just telling him, keep going. So he's pushing and he's pushing and they make it all the way to the midpoint. They didn't make it to the end. But they get off the bike and the brother that was leading it up in the front, he just was gasping for air, was laid back. And he was saying, I thought we had more energy than this. I thought we were going to make it. He said, but you know what? Thank God we at least made it halfway. And then the buddy says, also looking up at the sky, 
But the buddy that starts looking at him and he, and he noticed kind of like a suspicious face. And he's wondering why he's looking like that. Like he doesn't want to make eye contact with him. And he's like, thank God we made it halfway, right? And he's like, yeah, thank God we made it halfway. And he's wondering, he said, what's going on? Did something happen? He said, about four or five minutes into the race, I hadn't realized that I released the brake in the back. So the reason the brother in the front was pushing and was going after it but was not able to move past the point that he thought he could make it was because someone was behind him putting the brake. In James chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. Do you know what instability is? Divided thinking. Me meaning as in my spirit and my faith is telling me, go after it. But your flesh, your emotions, and your mind is telling you, you can't do it. And so for so long, you've been living this double-minded, unstable life because for moments, you start going after it, but then the next moment, something is holding you back. One moment, you say, I'm going to serve the Lord. Then the next moment, you're just listening to the critics that are talking about you because you're serving the Lord now. Look at you. you up in a church. Oh, now you're serving God. So then you start, to, you start to be deterred, discouraged. You start losing your focus based on the noise that you hear around you divided thinking you start to go after that dream and that vision but all of a sudden a little bit of fear a little bit of doubt a little bit of pessimism negativity divided thinking and here you are unstable but this year I said this year I prophesy over 30 people up in this room that this will be the last year that you are on that roller coaster of life. In the name of Jesus, I speak over your mind and declare unto you that that divided, disunited thinking ends here and it ends now because, baby, you've been in that roller coaster for a long time. You've been pushing and people been holding you back. They've been putting the brakes on you, but in Jesus' name, release what you got to release. Let go what you got to let go of. Serve Jesus like never before. Give your life to the Lord Jesus and say, God, have your way because when you let Jesus in he removes the break up off you and you begin to soar in your life united unity unity in thought Unity in spirit, unity in faith, unity to the vision of the house, unity in my family, unity with my children. That is what God desires more than anything out of this church. I can't tell you about other churches, but I can speak on behalf of the Lord for this church. And that is that God desires us to be united. 
Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also, you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.